Let's jump in today. Spirit lead me. Uh, week number four, the final week of this series. And during this series, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and four things that he does in our lives as he leads us. And so if you remember, we talked about regeneration or rebirth. What does it look like when the Holy Spirit helps us be born again? We talked about how the Holy Spirit helps us win our battles over sin, our personal battles, and, 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 and just helps us fight that fight well. We talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. That was the last thing that Jesus told us to do before he ascended into heaven. Go and be my witnesses. And so we want to get that right, right? And then this last week, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Some people might get a little freaked out about that or worried about, like, what in the world are we talking about? And so let me just give you a really basic definition, and, and we'll also get some really clear definitions from Scripture. But, the, but, but a spiritual gift is given graciously. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. It's given graciously to you and to me so that we can serve others and build up the church. Simple as that. It's something that's given graciously from God to you and to me to serve other people and to build up the church. And so when, when, when God gave the church these gifts, he didn't mean for it to be weird. It's not like white elephant gifts at Christmas. You know, have you ever gotten one of those? Uh, somebody gave you the leg lamp or somebody gave you something that you're never gonna use and you're never gonna touch, you're never gonna wear. Maybe that, that scarf or that sweater from your grandma that now you wear to the ugly sweater competition, right? Um, no, it's, it's not that kind of gift that is just kind of strange. It's good gifts. Remember in uh, Luke chapter 11, we've talked about it over the last couple weeks, that God's, uh, uh, he's gonna give good gifts to his kids. He's gonna give us the Holy Spirit. That if you and I know how to give our, good, our kids good gifts, man, how much more can God give us good gifts? And so this is nothing to be afraid of. But before going too far, I wanna give you just kind of a fun way to discover what gift you might have, where, where God maybe has, 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 has started leaning you that way in life. And so just say you're having some dessert with some good friends. I got a hankering last night, and I drove to Meyer to get some dessert. Anybody ever do that? It's like, I didn't need to go to Meyer. Um, I didn't need the calories, but hey, I just, I just felt like getting something, and so I went and got it. But let's just say you're having some apple pie, and it's the best apple pie ever. Homemade, homemade crust, homemade insides. Everything's just amazing. It smells amazing, and you're just jonesing for this apple pie, right? It looks good, and you know it's going to taste good. And so your friend is getting ready to eat their pie, and for some reason or another, it begins to fall off the table. Now, I don't know about you, but when I've worked really hard on some food, um, that, and I put my heart and soul into it, and I, I do like to do this, by the way. Um, yesterday, it was roast and, and a little you know, red and, and yellow potatoes and carrots and, and gravy and rolls, and, and, and we had a good day at the Dembo house. Come on. And some of you are already starting to salivate and you're, you're, you're like, come on, get this over so we can go to lunch. But you know, when something falls like that that you put so much time into, it's like, oh, it's, it's tragic. And so as the pie is falling off the table, slow motion, how you respond in that moment, you know, might tend to show what kind of spiritual gift you might have. If you tell everybody, I totally saw that coming, I knew that was gonna happen, you might have the gift of prophecy, right? If you say, oh my goodness, let me help you clean up this mess, you might have, you just might, if that's you, you might have the gift of service. If you say, you know what, I've researched falling pies, and I've come up with a better, to eat, better way to eat the pie before it falls, let me give you step one. Then you might have the gift of teaching. 
If you feel just empathetic and you tell that person, man, I can identify with you, and then you throw your own pie on your lap and you smear it all over the place just to make them feel better, then you probably, you, you probably have the gift of encouragement. If you say, here, just take my pie, and, and hey, let's, let's jump in the car, let's go buy like five more pies and ice cream and coffee and come back and have a party, you, you just might have the gift of giving. If you take control of the situation, you begin barking orders at people and trying to fix the situation, you probably have the gift of leadership, right? And finally, if you say, oh, my heart just sinks at the thought and the sight of that pie falling, I'm completely devastated and I hurt with you and I feel for you, then you probably are leaning towards the gift of mercy, right? And so as you can see that God has wired you a certain way and, and certain inclinations in your life and, 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 and these gifts are a combination of what God has given you as your creator and what he develops in you as you grow to follow him more. But the most important thread of all of that that just happened that we described is that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about being cool. It's not about standing out. It's not about, you know, uh, being just totally enamored and, and, and about the supernatural, per se. It's not about being weird. It's about helping each other. The Bible is so clear about that. When right after the, 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 the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and one of the, one of the first things that happens is, is Peter is walking by the temple and a guy can't walk, and he's like, I don't have gold and I don't have silver, but what I have I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ and neither stand up and walk. You know, he wanted to help him. He wanted to help him. It wasn't about Peter being a big deal or doing his thing. He wanted to help him, right? But at the same time, we also see Paul and the apostles giving instructions to the church about how to operate in these spiritual gifts that God gives us. And some of those instructions were given because people were doing crazy things in the name of God and in the name of the Holy Spirit. They were improperly applying or twisting the truths of God's word. And for this reason, it's important to approach spiritual gifts from a biblical perspective and really know what we're talking about. And so the first thing that we wanna do as we, as, we, as we broach this topic of spiritual gifts is number one, we, and you can fill it in your notes, we wanna remember the why. We wanna remember the why. This is so important because the Holy Spirit didn't come to make people act crazy or goofy. He came to, to be a comforter and to be a leader and a guide and to empower you. He came to empower people to live like Jesus and to be a witness for him. He came to empower us so that we could accurately represent Christ. How many times do you go through a day and you're like, man, how well did I represent Christ today? And, and, you, and, and I know some days I'm like, man, I got a C at best, maybe a D, maybe. And then some days I just get an F, right? You know, I didn't represent him very well today. But we're his ambassadors. We're supposed to represent Christ here on earth with the power of the Holy Spirit. And if that's true, we gotta remember that Jesus wasn't weird. He wasn't, you know, pushing everybody away. Now, did everybody choose to follow him? No. But people wanted to be around Jesus. They did. Because he had the real deal. He was really full of power, and he, and he loved people, and, and he, he just had this way of drawing people to himself. 
So Jesus wasn't weird and the Holy Spirit isn't either. Why do we know that? Because they're the same. They're one. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they're one. And so you might not always understand what Jesus did and you might not always understand how the Holy Spirit works and maybe some of the things that he does, but that's a different story. Not understanding and it just being strange for strange sake is, is two different things. Spiritual gifts, listen, when we think about the why behind them, we have to remember they're not a prop. It's not spiritual hocus pocus, right? It's way more practical than that. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 gives us a great why behind the what. Let's read it together. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. How cool is that? So that we can help each other. And after this, this verse, it goes on to talk about how the church is the body of Christ and we all are, have different parts and, and we all play different roles and we're all working together. We can't live without each other. We need each other and we serve each other. So God wants to use you to minister to others. You might say, well, Joe, you don't know my life, and you don't know my story, and you don't know what I've done, and I just, I just don't think I have anything to give. And I would just beg to differ today. Listen, there are so many hurts, real hurts. Just this last week, it was a, it was a week of, uh, personally for me as a pastor, of ups and downs. Did a funeral today of a lady who loved Jesus and, and, and not too long ago was sitting right here in church with you, uh, Lois Cole, and, and she went to be with Jesus. And, and, and that's an awesome thing, but it's still, it's still painful just to, to, to experience loss. And, and I also heard praise reports of, 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 of doctor's reports coming back good and, and great things happening. And, and, and then I, I heard other things where people are just going through hard times uh, physically and, and it's just all over the place, right? It's all over the place. There's so many hurts, there's so many real hurts, there's, there's loss, there's anxiety, there's people in this room that are still struggling with PTSD, whether it's from trauma or things they've experienced in life. There's all this stuff, and the Holy Spirit didn't just put the pastor here to minister to every need, he put you there to minister to your friend's needs and to lift them up and to carry the burdens together. There's so many voices in the world, aren't there? There's voices telling us that we're not good enough or that God could never love you. And listen, people need to hear the clear voice of God. And sometimes that clear voice of God comes through your mouth as you bring words of wisdom and knowledge and encouragement to the people around you. And so we need to get this why in our hearts that God put me here to help others. And he's given me spiritual gifts so that I can minister to other people. One of the primary ways that you and I will experience the love of Christ is through others in the body of Christ. That's why it's so important to be here at church and to, on a regular basis and to engage and to get to know people. And we're, and we're in, out in that fantastic lobby with all the couches and, and stuff that's just made it a lot more fun to hang out in. You know, we're, we're, we're learning people's names and we're loving on them and we're, 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 we're taking them out to lunch or buying them coffee or, or inviting them out to lunch, Dutch treat, you know, whatever it takes, Right? Because we want to create environments where we get to minister to each other. You see, the spiritual gift given to you is so that you can help each other. It's not, not to puff you up. It's not for you to be amazing. It's for you to serve. 
Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant of all. And so it starts with saying, I'm gonna use what God gives me to serve others. Let's look real quick at a story of a man who forgot the why behind the what. It's in the middle of something really cool in Acts chapter eight. Um, uh, Philip was preaching. Um, the Holy Spirit comes down. Peter and John get sent. Um, they're teaching them about the Holy Spirit and what's happening. And, and so this guy, Simon, who was a sorcerer. And so he was in the, the bad kind of spirits, the bad kind of stuff. And he, had, he was very well known. Everybody knew him because he had always performed these uh, this magic and miraculous signs and this kind of thing. Well, Simon the sorcerer actually believed when Philip preached and was baptized. So newly saved, newly in the faith, still figuring things out, and he was following Philip around, and then he's, he's there when the disciples come, when Peter and John come. And so Acts 8, 18 through 23. When Simon, new believer Simon, so this could be you, it could be me, just for context, that we had a past life, but now we've, we've gotten to know Christ, we've been baptized, we're, we're trying to follow the teachings. Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people. And then he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Peter didn't mince words, did, did he? He didn't mince words. He's like, your why behind your what? You might know about Jesus. You've decided to follow Jesus, but Jesus still needs to do some work in your heart because the motives and the underlying reason why you want to pursue this spiritual stuff is just flat wrong. You see, when someone works in a spiritual gift in a powerful way, it's tempting to lift up that person in our minds um, as something special, that that person has something that I don't have and that person is somehow, you know, uh, on another spiritual echelon or, or level than, than I could ever be. And so, oh, I'm gonna go to that person because they're special. And when God uses you in a powerful way, maybe to speak a word of encouragement that just really helps the situation or, or a word of wisdom that changed somebody's life, you might be tempted to get a big head. People compliment you or speak well of you. But if a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, then it really has nothing to do with you or me. The rest of 1 Corinthians, like I said, when it was, or chapter 12, when it's talking about the body of Christ, it explains how everybody has a different part. And so, man, just think about this. When you're being used in a spiritual gift to serve others and to help someone, you might just be an elbow. You might just be a toenail. Some of you are getting real grossed out by that thought. Some of you people that don't like feet. You might just be a pancreas or some other function of the body. You, and you're just doing your part. You're just doing your thing. You're one of many accomplishing Jesus's purposes and putting the spotlight back onto him. Sometimes though, we do hunger for notoriety. We hunger for prestige or uniqueness. 
but our desire should be to serve him, to help and bring life. And we do this in order, we're led by him, we're not uh, using the shotgun method that everywhere we go, we're just saying and spraying it and, and just, just, you know, regardless of what everybody thinks. No, it's in his timing. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman and we're gonna consider our audience and who we're talking to because we're serving them. We're not acting like a bulldozer in their life just running them over. So we gotta remember the why. We're here to serve, put the towel over the arm and gently and lovingly speak into people's lives. Do what God has called it to do. Sometimes it is a hard word and as a pastor I've had to do that where I know that God has put out of my heart a, a word for somebody that is gonna be tough for them to hear. And so you know what I do? I come with the attitude of a servant and hey, um, I feel like this is what God has put in my heart. And I know this is gonna be hard to hear. And so I, I, I'm just trying to do this as humbly as I can. And I love you. I've loved you before I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna love you after I'm gonna tell you this. But here it is, right? With the heart of a servant. It's no fun when you tell somebody something they don't wanna hear. And so you gotta have the right attitude. Number two, learn about the gifts. So we gotta remember the why, we're here to serve others. Number two, we're gonna learn about them. We gotta know what we're talking about. First Corinthians 12, one, Paul said, now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. In another translation it says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, right? And so I don't want us as a congregation to be ignorant either. And so I've given you a few different passages, First Corinthians chapter 12, and while you're at it, you might as well read, might as well read 13 and 14 as well. Uh, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. These are all great passages that include um, uh, lists or descriptions of spiritual gifts. All right? And so there's your homework for the week. But in all, all four of these examples, it's Paul and Peter in, in the one example, writing to multiple churches, writing to imperfect people. Not, they're not writing to apostles. They're writing to the new converts in these churches, and they're teaching them about spiritual gifts. What does that mean for you and for me? It means that spiritual gifts are for us too. Normal people that love Jesus. Another thing that you can do to learn about the gifts is to come to class 301. It's one of the classes on our growth track. You can sign up right now on our website and, um, and learn more about it. We go in depth about spiritual gifts in that class. One of the things that we offer in that class is a spiritual gifts assessment. It's not a test. It's not perfect. It's just a, some questions to ask to maybe figure out where, where is God leading me in, in my strengths. It's not a foolproof guide, but it's a, it's a sounding board. It's a conversation starter. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To the same Spirit, or the same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Wouldn't that be sweet? and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. 
And so, a couple things. Spirit's in charge. He's the one giving. He's the one empowering. It's all about him, right? And so, what else do we see through that? We see that I need you, and you need me, and we need each other, and to minister to each other because we all have different gifts. So every single person in this room is important and valued in the body of Christ, amen? You've got something to give. You've got something to say. Some of you sit in life group week after week and, and you're like, I don't have everything to say, or you're just too afraid to say it. And I would just encourage you to, to just step out of that bubble just a little bit. And if God puts something in your heart, an experience or a bit of wisdom, or you just feel like, man, um, you've got something to say, hey, say it. And you don't have to kick into King James talk and, and talk like, a, like you think a church person should talk. Just talk like you talk, right? It's, it's normal to say something that is gonna help somebody, right? All right, number three. Discover your gifts. Discover my gifts. I'm a person that re I really love the why behind the what because I feel if we get the why behind the what wrong, we get off into all kinds of craziness. And so as you discover your gifts, I want you to have this attitude. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to him through God the Father. That's a pretty good caveat, right? That if I'm gonna do something or I'm gonna say something, I gotta remember I'm, I'm representing Christ, right? And so we gotta discover our gifts and we're gonna do this with the idea I'm representing him. And so the Holy Spirit is a giver. He can use you however he wants to at any time if you let him. And so my gifts that, um, that I when I take an assessment and really have been proved out through my life and years of, of doing ministry, the gifts that I operate most in are leadership, administration, and evangelism. And some of you that know me pretty well, you're like, now it makes sense. Why he, why he wants everything just so and why, why the little things matter? Well, because I, you know, I get, have the gift of administration. My dad, long before I even knew what the, uh, what the word administration meant, um, when I was a teenager, my dad started saying, oh, Joe, he's our administrator. And what did he mean by that was that I was the one getting all the details and gathering people and getting everybody doing the same thing at the same time and going in the same direction. Um, that it was, just, it was just natural for me, right? And so, um, and how did I discover that my gifts were leadership, administration, and evangelism? It wasn't just from taking the spiritual gifts assessment. You know how I learned? I learned by learning what the Bible says and by practicing my gifts in the body of Christ and under authority. Listen to that. You learn your gifts by knowing what the Bible says, by practicing them in the body of Christ and staying under authority to make sure that you don't get off in weirdville, right? Holy Spirit's not weird, right? We do it within the context of the body, making sure that we're keeping the right why behind the what, that we're here to serve each other and to lift up the name of Jesus and to put the spotlight back on Christ. Amen? I would never have discovered and grown in my gifting without taking steps of faith forward into whatever God had put in my path. I think it was last week when I told the story about when I started preaching Super awkward, super bad. I'm, sh I'm glad that there's no tapes or YouTube back then. 
right? I'm glad you can't look it up online and listen to to 21-year-old Joe trying to preach. Painful. But guess what? One little step. Feedback. Another little step. Some feedback from authority. Another little step. And before you know it, the gift starts to blossom in my life. And so you try something, then you debrief and you get feedback and then you keep going. That's how you discover your gifts, it's that simple. And so let's get real practical for you. You should start by doing whatever you feel like you're good at in in the church, right? Make yourself available. If, if you, man, you're great at, at serving people, then maybe serving coffee or greeting at the door, or maybe you, you just, you have the gift of encouragement and love, and, and, and you could do that in the kids' ministry, and you jump in there and encourage a kid. Maybe, maybe you have the gift of administration, and, and, and you make yourself available to, to help behind the scenes and, and just to help get stuff ready, whatever it is. Maybe try to just start doing that. And by the way, every single ministry, from kids to youth to Sundays and everything, life groups, there's, there's all the gifts in operation in all those ministries. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And then lastly today, number four, how do we operate in the spiritual gifts? What do we do? What's important? We gotta pursue ministry and maturity. We gotta pursue ministry and maturity. Listen, the gifts of the Spirit show your ministry, how God is using you. The fruit of the Spirit, though, show maturity. And we can't have one without the other. Well, you can, but things kinda go bad, right? And so, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so if you think that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something, but it's not with one of those qualities, you're off all day, every day. And so I wanna wanna be used in the gifts, but I wanna do it with a mature heart, being led by the Holy Spirit to produce this kind of fruit in my life. This is a common tension when it comes to God using people. You know why? Because, and, and by, by the way, this is our tension that we create. It doesn't bother God. <laughs> He's done it for, for thousands of years. And so the tension is that God is using imperfect people like you and me. God can use anyone. Have you ever noticed that? He even spoke through a donkey one time. No joke. In the Old Testament, he even used a donkey. If he can use a donkey, guess what? <laughs> he can use you. He can use me. Right? He can. Knowing this, though, that God can use anybody doesn't necessarily mean that we should not worry about our maturity or Christ-likeness. No, we're challenged to do both. In fact, your maturity in Christ will give longevity to your ministry. But if you try to operate in spiritual gifts without also growing in maturity, you'll have a short ministry. (laughs) So maturity will give longevity to your ministry. No maturity, short ministry. It'll die out pretty fast. I love how Christine Kane says it. She says that the talent or the gift that is on you will destroy you if what's in you can't sustain you. 
If you're just trying to do all this ministry outwardly and trying to bless people and do this for them and do this for them, but, but you're not taking care of your inward man and really loving and following, falling in love with Jesus, if you aren't spending time at, at his feet every day and in his word and, and really seeking to know him with all your heart and becoming mature and, and letting the Holy Spirit's fruit grow in your life that Galatians 5 talks about, then guess what? It's just, it's, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? Because we're trying to, to show something outwardly that is, that is representing Christ, but deep down, we're not letting ourselves be grown towards maturity. And it's a dangerous place to be. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of special gifts, spiritual gifts. Use them well, underline that. Use them well to serve one another. That well part is the mature part. That I'm not just gonna use it, that I'm not just gonna be haphazard. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it well and with excellence. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and all the energy that God supplies. Do, then, Everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus. That's the mature part, knowing why I'm doing it and who I'm doing it for. Romans 12, six through eight, in, in his grace, remember, we don't deserve it. It's not about you. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to, to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness, do it gladly. I love that because it's not just like, hey, I got this gift, but I'm going to excel in it. I'm going to do well in it. I'm going to let my whole life represent Christ in a way that doesn't deter from him, but points people to him, right? With the fruit of the Spirit active and growing in my life. So let your actions line up with your gift, bringing glory to Christ. This list, these two lists actually, Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4, they're smack dab in the middle of, of, of a, the context is it's a talk about people's character. The very next verse in Romans says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. 1 Corinthians 12, where another list is found. And 1 Corinthians 14, both about spiritual gifts. And guess what's smack dab in the middle? 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter in the Bible. People quote it at weddings, and, and, and maybe you have it on your wall at home. Love is patient, love is kind. It's not self-seeking, it's never rude. All those amazing descriptors. And guess what the context is? Spiritual gifts. And Paul even went as far to say that if you, if you do all these spiritual gifts, but you don't love others, like really love them, then you're like a clanging gong and a crashing cymbal and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And so don't just have a ministry that people see. Actually be this kind of person inside and out that, 
that loves people, that wants to serve people. I promise you, promise, because it's God's word, that if you have a heart to serve and you're putting other people's needs above your own and you're being considerate, you're being loving and kind and gentle and you have self-control in your life and you step into your gifts and just really try to love people, does it mean that they're always gonna... um, Everything's always gonna be perfect, no. <laughs> Don't, let me tell you, when you're, when you're in ministry and you're trying to help people, sometimes, um, <laughs> well, some people say sheep bite, right? It, it, sometimes there's, there's, there's pain involved. But guess what? When you're faithful, God uses you and you never feel more, more fulfilled in your entire life and you just keep going. Keep your focus on Christ. Keep your focus on helping others and say, God, how do you want to use me? God, I want everything that you have for me, whatever spiritual gift you want to use me in. And then you just be faithful to take that next step and to take that feedback and to live under authority and to just be shapeable and moldable in God's hands. Can I just tell you about the greatest gift of all? Because sometimes we're like, ooh, I want that gift. I want that gift. I want, I want the gift of prophecy. That'd be so cool, right? But you know the greatest gift of all in all of scripture? Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The salvation of your soul is the best gift that you've ever been given, right? And it's only because of that gift that that God's able to use your talents and your abilities and the special abilities that he gives you for his honor and his glory. Amen. It's the most important gift. And just like the spiritual gifts, it can't be worked for. It can't be earned. You'll never be good enough to deserve it. Jesus gives it to you and to me as a free gift. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes today? Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Joe, I need to receive that free gift of salvation first. I need to get my life right with God. I've been coming, I've been listening to the music and the messages and and, and man, God's been working on my heart and I'm seeing who Jesus is just a little bit more clearly each time and it's time for me to give my heart and my life to Christ. If that's you and and you'd like to give your life to Jesus today, I just wanna encourage you to raise your hand and say, Joe, that's me. I wanna follow Jesus, amen. I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna make that decision to follow Jesus. All right, if you raised your hand, I wanna encourage you to pray a prayer right now at your seat in your own words and accept Christ into your life. You can do exactly what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus, that, that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved, amen? The Bible says if you do that, you're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. So cool. If you're online with us today, you can do that right at home. You don't have to be in church to accept Jesus. I wanna encourage you to do that. Take that step towards him today. Amen. You can look up for another moment. I wanna encourage you to use just a few prayer tips in your, in your prayer time this week as you, as you think about and learn about and, and, and seek the gifts of the Spirit. First of all, pray and ask God to reveal your spiritual gifts to you through the Holy Spirit. Ask, God, what do you wanna do through me? Second, ask God to reveal to you the best way to use your spiritual gifts to help others and to bring glory to God. Man, what an amazing posture. God, you've given me this day, you've given me this time, you've given me these relationships, you've given me these coworkers. God, how do you wanna use me? To encourage and to build up and to to speak life. How do you wanna use me? 
And then ask the Holy Spirit to show your family and your friends what their spiritual gifts are. Even the youngest Christians have spiritual gifts. And then thank God for sending the Holy Spirit and giving each of us a unique spiritual gifts. Spend time just praising God and thanking for him, thanking him for it in prayer. And then lastly, ask God to show you some specific ways that you can use your spiritual gifts in our church or in your personal ministry at home or in your neighborhood or at work or in life. Just ask God to show you some specific ways. Can we do that together this week? Stand to your feet. Let's pray a prayer of just, uh, just asking God to help us with this. And um, after I'm done praying, there's gonna be a prayer team up front. If you'd like prayer for anything, I encourage you, don't be bashful, come get prayer. There are people just like you that love Jesus and, and are trying to put God first in their life. Let's pray today. God, help us with this. You're, Paul says that, you know, we, he doesn't want us to misunderstand it. We don't wanna be ignorant of it. We wanna know that you're working through our lives. And God, we wanna do it with maturity. We wanna keep our eyes on the right why behind the what. We're doing it to serve people and to lift up the body of Christ. Jesus, help us, Lord, to just have a posture of being ready and open to being used every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.